The Lord be with you. We're not in the habit of making many announcements before the service, unless that has to do with the conduct of the service itself. However, since most of our presence right now is online, and uh, if everybody watches the way that I do, as soon as the service is over, I turn it off. Uh, if there are any announcements, I would never know. So uh, Jason and I were talking, and we decided that a couple of announcements ahead of time might be in order. The uh, graduation reel, is that going to be at the end of the service, or you want to do that now? If we could do that at the beginning, that'd be great. I think we could do that. We have students who are graduating. Their graduation is going to be a, a quite a bit different from uh, any graduation that we have gone through. And while I haven't been shedding all the crocodile tears that the media has been about this, at the same time, we would acknowledge it in church regardless. This is the way we acknowledge it today. Congratulations and God's blessings to the graduates of 2020. We provided, we provided uh, bulletins today. After the service, you can either take the bulletin with you or the ushers or you can uh, toss them out. It's because of the fact that we noticed the uh, last couple of weeks when we've just been putting things on the screen that people seemed a little restive. And so we thought, uh, give them something to hold in their hands and That'll keep them anchored. So uh, we're using Divine Service 3 this, this, uh, this Sunday. Let us together worship our God. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Beloved in the Lord, let us draw near with a true heart and confess our sins unto God our Father, beseeching him in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, to grant us forgiveness. Our help is in the name of the Lord. 
I said, I will confess my transgressions unto the Lord. Almighty God, our Maker and Redeemer, we poor sinners confess unto you that we are by nature sinful and unclean, and that we have sinned against you by thought, word, and deed. Wherefore, we flee for refuge to your infinite mercy, seeking and imploring your grace for the sake of our Lord Jesus Christ. Almighty God, our Heavenly Father, has had mercy upon us and has given his only Son to die for us and for his sake forgives us all our sins. To those who believe on his name, he gives power to become the children of God and has promised them his Holy Spirit. He that believeth and is baptized shall be saved. Grant this, Lord, unto us all. Responsive reading of Acts chapter 2. When the day of Pentecost arrived, they were all together in one place, and suddenly there came from heaven a sound like a mighty rushing wind, and it filled the entire house where they were sitting. And divided tongues as of fire appeared to them and rested on each one of them. Now there were dwelling in Jerusalem Jews, devout men from every nation under heaven. And how is it that we hear each one of us in our own native language? Parthians and Medes and Elamites and residents of Mesopotamia, Judea and Cappadocia, Pontus and, and Asia, Phrygia and Pamphylia, Egypt and the parts of Libya belonging to Cyrene, and visitors from Rome, both Jews and proselytes, Cretans and Arabians, we hear them telling in our own tongues the mighty works of God. But others, mocking, said, They are filled with new wine. But Peter, standing with the eleven, lifted up his voice and addressed them, Men of Judea and all who dwell in Jerusalem, let this be known to you and give ear to my words. For these people are not drunk as you suppose, it's since it is only the third hour of the day. But this is what was uttered through the prophet Joel. And in the last days it shall be, God declares, that I will pour out my spirit on all flesh. Even on my male servants and female servants in those days, I will pour out my spirit, and they shall prophesy. And I will show wonders in the heavens above, and signs on the earth below, 
blood and fire and vapor of smoke. The sun shall be turned to darkness and the moon to blood before the day of the Lord comes, the great and magnificent day. taught the hearts of your faithful people by sending them the gift of your Holy Spirit. Grant us in our day by the same Spirit to have a right understanding in all things and evermore to rejoice in his holy consolation through Jesus Christ your Son our Lord who lives and reigns with you and the Holy Spirit one God now and forever. morning kids it's time for the kids talk so if you're at home why don't you come closer to the screen if you're in church with us today why don't you look at the screen very carefully maybe you can stand up um, next to your parents so that you can see what we're doing up in the front today 
I put it on Facebook that I wanted everybody to have a balloon, bring a balloon for the kids' talk today. And I brought my own. It's a nice balloon. It's a stretchy balloon. But it's an uninflated balloon. Is, is this what a balloon is supposed to be like? Is this how a balloon is supposed to behave? Well, I guess it's okay, but it could be so much better, right? It could be filled with air, and it could be something that we could play with. Something that we could bounce around, something that we could uh, hang and decorate and make, uh, make the room beautiful for a party. Yeah, balloons are okay like this, but they're so much better when they're full of air. So let's blow up our balloon. I like to stretch the neck of mine a little bit to make it a little bit easier. And let's uh, put a breath into this balloon. Oh, there's one. That is looking really good. You know, God breathes air into his people. He breathes air into us as well. He gives us his Holy Spirit. Today is the day of Pentecost in the church year. And on the day of Pentecost, we change all the colors in the church to red. And we remember that God has sent us his Holy Spirit to fill us, to fill our lives with faith, to fill our lives with hope, and, and to fill our lives with the good news about Jesus. You see, the disciples were afraid after Jesus had risen and ascended into heaven. They didn't know what to do. Jesus had promised that he would send a helper who would come and he would be with him, with them. But they were still afraid and they were still hiding. But on the day of Pentecost, the Holy Spirit came and filled the room. It looked like tongues of fire dancing on tops of the disciples' heads. And they were filled with life, filled with the Holy Spirit's presence. We are filled with the Holy Spirit, too, as we come to the waters of baptism, as we hear God's word preached and shared with us, as we hear the good news that our sins are forgiven and that Jesus has died for those sins and risen from the grave. When we hear God's promises, the Holy Spirit comes and he fills us with faith. So the disciples, when they met the Holy Spirit on that Pentecost Sunday, they went outside and they shared the good news. They shared what Jesus had done with everyone that they saw that day. They even did something called speaking in tongues. They spoke to the people God's word and God's promises, and the people could understand them. Whatever language they spoke, they could understand the good news on this day. It says in the Bible that 3,000 people became Christians that first day of Pentecost. They were baptized and came into God's family. Wow, the Holy Spirit is amazing, isn't he? He comes into our hearts and fills us with faith. I fill this balloon and tie it off. And the balloon is, is beautiful and useful now. And the Holy Spirit has come into our lives too, and he has filled us with faith. And so now we go into the world made beautiful. We go into the world to share Jesus and his promises and his love. Let's finish with a prayer. Lord Jesus, Heavenly Father, thank you for sending your Holy Spirit to fill us with faith and to give us life in you that we can share. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you, boys and girls.
The Old Testament reading for today comes from Numbers chapter 11. So Moses went out and told the people the words of the Lord. And he gathered 70 men of the elders of the people and placed them around the tent. Then the Lord came down in a cloud and spoke to him and took some of the spirit that was on him and put it on the 70 elders. And as soon as the spirit rested on them, they prophesied, but they did not continue doing it. Now two men remained in the camp, one named Eldad and the other named Medad, and the Spirit rested on them. They were among those registered, but they had not gone out to the tent. So they prophesied in the camp. And a young man ran and told Moses, Eldad and Medad are prophesying in the camp. And Joshua, the son of Nun, the assistant of Moses from his youth, said, My Lord Moses, stop them. But Moses said to him, Are you jealous for my sake? Would that all the Lord's people were prophets, that the Lord would put his spirit on them. And Moses and the elders of Israel returned to the camp. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Hallelujah. We know that Christ being raised from the dead will never die again. Death no longer has if anyone thirsts, when it comes to me, The Holy Gospel according to St. John, the seventh chapter. On the last day of the feast, the great day, Jesus stood up and cried out, if anyone thirsts, let him come to me and drink. Whoever believes in me, as the scripture has said, out of his heart will flow rivers of living water. Now this he said about the Spirit, whom those who believed in him were to receive. For as yet the Spirit had not been given, because Jesus was not yet glorified. This is the Gospel of the Lord.
Grace is yours and mercy and peace from God our Father and our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. The title of today's sermon is Speaking God's Language. We confessed it together just a little bit earlier. It wasn't as if everyone in the crowd needed to become a Jew. They heard the gospel in the language of the land where God had placed them. The language of the people God had given them as neighbors. The language of their hearts. Of home and of family. They heard these disciples deliver what the Lord had given and revealed to them. They were eyewitnesses of hope sharing their testimony of the resurrection of Jesus and the gifts of repentance and of sins forgiven. God had always promised his Holy Spirit, and in times he had given his Holy Spirit to the, to the prophets, or as we heard in our Old Testament reading, even briefly gave them to 72 elders, But know this, you cannot have the Spirit of God, the Holy Spirit, unless He is given to you as a gift. And what a gift. Without the gift of the Holy Spirit, there is no Scripture. Without the gift of the Holy Spirit, there is no faith. And you just confessed it a moment ago, without the gift of the Holy Spirit... Without the Holy Spirit's work, there is no Jesus. Oh, there's the Son of God, but you saw it. He was conceived, Jesus was conceived by the Holy Spirit. Once you have the Holy Spirit, once he dwells within you, the Spirit can show himself as a spirit of prophecy, as in the Old Testament reading for this day, or, or of tongues, or of healing, as we see several times in the book of Acts. But he is always, always the Spirit of life. I was tempted today to use the Nicene Creed because of what it says about the Spirit. I believe in the Holy Spirit Remember what it says? The Lord and giver of life. The Lord and giver of life. The gifts of the Holy Spirit are faith and eternal life and salvation. Sharing in the power and the authority of Jesus Christ, the very Son of God. This is the gift that you have because God has given you his Holy Spirit. It's power not only to believe the gifts of God, but to share them, especially the forgiveness of sins. As our Lord himself declared when he appeared to the disciples on Easter evening, as we heard not too long ago, and breathed on his disciples and said, Receive the Holy Spirit. If you forgive the sins of any, they are forgiven. If you retain the sins of any, they're retained. 
You've been given the gift to forgive sins here on earth. And it's counted as valid as forgiveness of sins in heaven. It's why one of the sweetest things you can ever hear anybody say is, I forgive you. The gift of the Holy Spirit was delivered to the disciples that Easter night by the breath of Christ. But it was never his plan to remain on earth until he could breathe on everybody then living or yet to be born so that the Holy Spirit would be poured out on all flesh. Physically speaking, it wouldn't be beyond God. It simply wasn't his plan. His plan was that the Holy Spirit would be poured out on all people. Through the gifts of the Spirit, through the sacraments, and through the Holy Scripture. Because usually when we hear about the gift of the Holy Spirit, it comes to people by preaching or by pouring. Didn't we hear it in the book of Joel just a little while ago? Peter says, this is, the, this is the, what God had talked about in the book of Joel, that I will pour out my spirit on all people. Now, Jason had a, a very good point when he talked about the spirit as being like breath. It's the same word. Breath and spirit the same word both in Hebrew and in Greek. I suppose in Aramaic itself, I don't remember. But in the languages of the Bible, spirit and breath are the same word. Well, how do you pour breath? And yet, again and again throughout the scripture, we hear about the spirit being poured on his people. And in the book of Joel it, it, and the book of Isaiah as well, we hear about the, the Holy Spirit being compared to water that is given. Well, sounds like baptism to me. In Ezekiel, we have in chapter 37, one of the most famous times when we hear about the Holy Spirit being shared as breath, but it's the breath of preaching. Remember what it says that I, I, was, uh, I was under the control of, the, of, of God and, and he took me in his spirit. He took me and set me in a valley of what? Dry bones? That's right, dry bones. And he said, oh, son of man, can these bones live? And uh, Ezekiel says, uh, you know. And God says, prophesy. Prophesy to the bones. And so he does, and bone comes to bone. And, and then he says, prophesy. And, the, and, the, and, the, and the, the sinews and the muscles fill in. And, uh, and so you got a bunch of dead naked people, I guess. But anyway, what happens is that then he says, prophesy to the wind. Prophesy, and the breath of God will come into them. And the Spirit fills them. By the preaching of God, the Spirit fills them and they, they stand on their feet, a mighty army. And God says, this is what I'm going to do for Israel. I'm going to preach life into them. I'm going to pour out my Spirit upon them. And everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. I will put my Spirit within you. 
he says in verse 14 of Ezekiel 37, and you will live because the Spirit is the Lord and giver of life. Also, a favorite theme of Isaiah's. In Isaiah 32, he talks about women who are in mourning because of the fact that the whole place has fallen down. The, the invaders have come. The people have been carried off into exile. And most of who has been left in Israel, according to Isaiah, is really not worth talking about. And they say, what does this mean for us or for our children? Where is the security? Where is the glory? Where did my nation go? And in the 32nd chapter we hear, the palace is forsaken. The populous city deserted. The hill and the watchtower will become dens. A play place for wild donkeys a pasture for flocks until the Spirit is poured out from on high. And then the wilderness will become a fruitful field, and the fruitful field is deemed a forest. Then justice will dwell in the wilderness, and righteousness abide in the fruitful field, and the effect of righteousness will be peace. And the result of righteousness will be quietness and trust forever. My people will be secure. In the 44th chapter of Isaiah, we hear this, Now hear, O Jacob, my servant, Israel, whom I have chosen, Thus says the Lord who made you, who formed you in the womb of your mother, and will help you. Fear not, O Jacob, my servant, Jeshurun, whom I have chosen. For I will pour water on the thirsty land, streams on the dry ground, and I will pour my spirit upon your children. My blessings on your descendants. They shall spring up among the grass like willows by flowing streams. And this one will say, I belong to the Lord. And another will call upon the name of Jacob. And another will write on his hand, I am the Lord's. And will name himself by the name of Israel. And finally, from the book of Ephesians, Paul tells us don't get drunk on wine or spirits, that's debauchery. Be filled with the Spirit and address one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs singing and making melody to the Lord in your heart, giving thanks always for everything to God the Father in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ.
Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, all there in one reading. And exercising our life in the Spirit by building one another up, by singing songs and hymns and spiritual songs. I love that you're here today. I love that my church feels just a little more normal because people close to my heart are here among us. I pray for the day when we will be able to have nearly everyone here again. And I really pray that nobody gets out of the habit of gathering together. But with me longs for the time when we can be building one another up with songs and hymns and spiritual songs. And we can be participating once again in the common meal the Lord has given us. A meal of life and forgiveness. Because people, all of us, are by nature blind and dead and enemies of God and we need the, the constant gifts of the giver of life. We are enemies of God until we are made his children by grace through faith. Faith that comes only by the gift of the Spirit. Faith that is active. As Jesus said that Easter night, in forgiveness. Forgiveness is the most joyful way to see Jesus. And so far as I know, the surest way to show Jesus. I'm going to tell you a lie. Well, it's not a lie, it's a story. But it's a, it's a made-up story, and so I guess it might as well be as good as a lie. Uh, the, it might even be true, I don't know. But the story is told. The story is told of a painter who wanted to go beyond da Vinci. He wanted to depict the Lord's Supper in a way that would stand forever that people would be able to look at the befuddled faces of the disciples, but also see the peace that came from being in the Lord's presence, and that they would look on the face of Jesus, and they would know that he was the Lord of all. They would understand the gift that God has given. And so he set about painting and gathering models for all of the various figures And then the guy that he was painting this for, his patron, told him that he uh, wasn't sure that he'd be able to come up with all of the money that had been promised. This, after all, was consuming more materials than he expected and taking longer than he thought. And so, in spite, the painter painted his patron's face on Judas. So every time his patron would look at the painting that he had paid for, he'd see himself as the betrayer. The last face that he was going to paint was the, paint, the face of Jesus. But no matter how often he painted it, it just looked so ordinary. It looked so uninspired. 
It looked so undivine. It just didn't look like the Lord. One day he fell asleep, contemplating all these things, still holding his paintbrush. He fell asleep and he had a dream. In the dream, he heard the parable of Jesus about the servant who would not forgive, who had been forgiven so much but held it against someone that he had wronged him. He realized that's what he was doing with his patron. The man, after all, was giving him employment, but because the terms of the contract had changed, all he had was vitriol, anger and resentment. And so he painted out the face of Judas once he awoke. And he painted not his patron's face, but his own face there as the face of Judas. He forgave his patron, and he looked for another example of who he could print in, paint in as the face of Christ. And no, it wasn't the patron. But eventually he found a face which he thought showed love, forgiveness, strength, and divine majesty. And when the patron received the, the finished product, he said, how could you come to this idea of Christ? And he said, through forgiveness. That was the only way. So I don't care if that story's made up. I like that story. I like that story really nails it home. The way of Christ, the way of God, the speaking of God's language comes through forgiveness. The Holy Spirit coming down at Pentecost is exactly what the people had been waiting for. For the Lord had told the disciples to wait. This is what God had planned. After his resurrection, Jesus showed himself only to his friends and his disciples. He breathed on only them, the Holy Spirit. And he told them to testify of him. He could have appeared to hostile witnesses, and there'd never be any doubt about whether his resurrection was true. He could have shown up with all of the company of angels that he had talked to Pilate about and conquered all of the land. He could have left undeniable, tangible proof of his accomplished work and his rightful lordship. But that wasn't his plan. You are. You, the washed, the preached to, the breathed upon, the forgiven. You, the glory of Christ and the dwelling place of the Spirit. You are his plan. And so as you are called upon to speak God's language, what will that mean for you? How will you speak the language of Jesus in the land where God has placed you? To the neighbors God has given you? 
Will it be unfading hope? Unfailing witness? Undeniable forgiveness? As you have been filled with the Spirit, may you ever address one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing and making melody to the Lord, giving thanks always and for everything to God our Father. In the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, amen. Now the peace of God which passes all understanding, keep our hearts and minds in Christ Jesus to life everlasting, amen. In addition to the prayers listed, the prayer requests listed on the back of our bulletin, and if you're not receiving a bulletin but watching this over the airwaves, uh, you will receive the prayer list uh, via mail, uh, probably Monday or Tuesday. In addition to those, we've received notice that Richard and Sandy King's close friend in Iowa, Dave Conger, has a son, Johnny Conger, who is currently hospitalized with COVID-19. And I would like to add to the prayer list the cities that are currently burning, and the people who are currently terrified. And I ask also that God would work on the hearts of those who are exploiting this situation with violence. Almighty God, you've blessed us in love with a Savior to whom the nations cry and in whom is forgiveness of sins, life, and salvation. Grant us, your Holy Spirit, the Comforter whom you have promised, that we and all who call upon his name shall be saved. Help us to treasure in our hearts your mercy and to give ourselves fully to your service. Lord, in your mercy. Almighty God, you have promised to make one people from the many. Take from us all pride, prejudice, and hate, that we may not hinder the cause of the gospel by our shame, but give welcome to all people in the name of Jesus. Lord, in your mercy. You have promised the thirsty will drink and from the empty will fall forth rivers of living water. Help us to show forth in holy lives the fruits of the Spirit and to live with love toward our neighbors. Give us servants' hearts that don't seek our own way but walk the way of eternal life. Lord, in your mercy. Almighty God, you've ordered all things in heaven and on earth Bless our president, our governors, and all elected and appointed civil servants, that the rule of law may protect the weak, preserve life from conception to its natural end, and that peace might reign for the benefit of all, Lord, in your mercy. Amen. Almighty God, put an end to this pandemic. Restore the communities of the world to their common life. Deliver from illness and suffering all who cry to you for release. Hear us on behalf of the sick, the dying, and those who mourn. Answer your people, O Lord, and deliver them from their infirmities and their griefs by your grace. Lord, in your mercy. Amen. Almighty God, hear your people for the sake of him who loved us to death and lives to call us to himself 
and all who would be saved. You know what we need and those things we should ask in your name. Grant them for the sake of our crucified, risen, and ascended Lord, who taught us to pray. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. The Lord be with you. Bless we the Lord. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious unto you. The Lord lift his countenance upon you and give you peace. Thank you.